We are on Ksubis Memtes Amar Aleph 49a, beginning a new Mishnah. This Mishnah will be discussing the obligation, or perhaps the lack thereof, uh, for a father to uh, provide substance to his children, to his sons or to his daughters. Is there an obligation? Is there not an obligation? Is there a mitzvah benad meaning is it a good thing, highly recommended to do, but not necessarily a mitzvah per se, and not necessarily an obligation per se? Uh, that will be discussed in this Mishnah. So a little bit of background is needed, because at first glance it seems like, what is going on here? There's no obligation. Uh, we could just read the first line of the Mishnah. Bito. Uh, a father is not obligated in um, in providing the substance for his daughter. Uh, so, what exactly is going on here? It's uh, it's a bit strange. Um, it's not something which we're which we're used to, and uh, we would find uh, problematic. Uh, so, a little bit of background. Let's just take it a step back before we even get into uh, the children of the father in the context of a marriage. Let's just discuss the extremes which is outside the context of marriage. If a person uh, rapes a woman, God forbid, and uh, there is a child out from that uh, from that act, so then he is obligated to pay for the substance of that child. Uh, why? Because it's part of the damages that are involved. Part of the, Besides for all the other terrible uh, damages that he's caused, uh, so then he also has to pay for the damages of the fact that he has brought a new being into this world, and therefore he has to pay to make sure that that child is uh, surviving. That is in a situation where it's a case of ones, a case of rape. What if it's a seduction? What if uh, it's sexual relations outside the context of marriage? So in that case also, uh, there's an obligation to provide. And that obligation to provide is viewed as Eitznai is part of the understanding when they were having sexual relations that this is a potential outcome and it was part of the understanding saying that he would, he would provide, it was assumed as such, uh, provide a substance. Um, now, until what age is, 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 is a good question with something which we'll deal with in a, in a minute. Um, uh, but when it, that, that's all outside the context of marriage. When it's within the context of marriage, uh, so the idea as presented by Ramosha Feinstein uh, one of the leading uh, Torah scholars of the last generation, he explains that uh, a husband really has an obligation uh, to his children through his wife, through his wife, that uh, he has an obligation to his wife to provide the substance for his wife, but it's not just for his wife, but if also, let's say, his wife has guests, uh, so then he has to provide for that, and included uh, front and foremost within that, within guests, is are, are his own children. So he would have an obligation with regards to providing for anybody that's with his wife, it really falls under sort of that context. Uh, that idea that it's uh, for his wife, within his wife, is also anybody who's being raised uh, by the mother. And so therefore included within that would be uh, would be um, the children, the children that she is raising. Now, uh, the Gemara elsewhere does this, uh, discuss this uh, distinction between five years old or six years old and above, below five or six and above five or six. Uh, Ramosha Feinstein points out that that, that distinction wouldn't really ap- wouldn't apply at all nowadays. Uh, the reason for that is because uh, not so long ago, it really wasn't so long ago, that uh, children would already start to work at a young age uh, and they would be able to bring in money for the family. And so therefore, uh, whatever that age is and a certain uh, 
context in a certain society. So then, uh, what the Gemara was referring to in their day was five or six. After the age of five or six, they would actually begin uh, to work. It's something which we don't really uh, we don't we don't live in that type of a society. It's very difficult for us to understand. But that's what that was the reality in those days. And so therefore, they would have to provide until the point in time in which they are able to support themselves. So Moshe Feinstein says the same thing would apply nowadays. Nowadays, there's an obligation to provide substance until the age in which they are in general, they're used to going out to uh, to work. And Moshe Feinstein, without getting into all the details, he gets into also uh, what happens if there's, uh, between the husband and the wife, let's say there's different standards for when they should go, when the children should go out to work. The wife's family... Uh, has a certain understanding. The husband's family has a different understanding. So, which one should they follow? This is, these are different uh, top different uh, discussions that Ramosha Feinstein uh, has. Uh, but that, that's a little bit of the context because our Gemara, our Mishnah, says that the father is not obligated in providing sustenance for his his children, for his daughter. We'll see. It's also for the sons. Um, but that's according to most of the commentators. According to many of the commentators, it's after the age of six and. Uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein points out that today that that wouldn't even apply uh, even above the age of six. Uh, this one this wouldn't apply. Um, there, there, there would be an obligation until the age in which it's normal for them to begin work. I don't know what that age is exactly today, uh, but whatever it is is viewed as normal for them to work. I don't know in their maybe in their twenties uh, at some point. Uh, so then that's what it would kick in. So keep that in mind as we go through the Mishnah and the Gemara that uh, we're we're not referring to. Um, the, the way the way it plays out nowadays, uh, you would have to use the concepts, the conceptual ideas, but the actual age would be different. So the mission says, A father is not obligated to provide substance to put food on the table for his daughter. Again, a daughter of age where she's able to work on her own. This is what Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah, the, uh, the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of the, of the, of the Yeshiva, of the of the Beisdin, what he said in Yavne, uh, if not Yavne, he said that the, we say in the Ksuba, we write in the Ksuba, Haban Yishu Vabanos Eno Vabanos Yizonu Ma Haban in Yorshin El Acher Misas Av Av Habanos in Yizonos El Acher Misas Avien. There are two, uh, in addition to the other parts of the Ksuba of the marriage document, where the husband obligates himself to provide for his wife even after he passes away. So there are other parts to the Ksuba. Uh, and two of them is the fact that number one is that he will provide for substance for his daughters, for his his wife's daughters after he passes away, not just for his wife but also for his wife's daughters. Um, and also the fact that let's say it's a scenario where they have kids, um, and then let's say he's married to more than one wife, and so she wants to make sure the wife wants to make sure the wife slash mother wants to make sure that her children receive the ksuba. The marriage document uh, money that she's supposed to receive, but what happens if she passes away first? So then, if after she passes away, so then she doesn't receive the ksuba, uh, and then the the husband passes away. So she wants to make sure that not the entire estate is not divided up evenly, equally between all the children from the different uh, wives, uh, but that uh, her own children receive before they divide it up evenly uh, that portion of the ksuba that she was supposed to receive, but she never received because she passed away before. Uh, before her husband passed away or before they got divorced, uh, right? So she already passed away. So then that portion would go to who are her children and only her children, not to anybody else's children, not to any of the other wives' children. The point is, is that both of these issues, when the sons receive this portion or when the daughters receive substance, all that is taking place 
after the husband dies. This is all taking place after the husband passes away. So Blazabin Azar says, we prove from here that uh, the obligation only kicks in after uh, after death. After death, so then there's an obligation to support. But before death, there is no obligation to support. Okay, so it's important to keep that in mind that after death, uh, there would be an obligation for the father to support his wife and to also support his uh, his daughters. So the Gemara now will discuss, well, wait a minute. What about, why are we only discussing daughters? What about sons? Is it the same? Is it different? Gemara asks, it says the Gemara, B'mizonos bito hu de'enu chayev, B'mizonos b'no chayev, bito nami chayev hu de'laka mitzvah ika. Mani mas nisen, lower meyer, lower behudah, lower b'yochem membroka. If we just focus in on the language of our Mishnah, our Mishnah seems to be saying that there is no obligation to support uh, the substance, to provide substance for the, their, one's daughter, uh, but there would be an obligation for one's son, and even for one's daughter, even though there's no obligation, but there is a mitzvah, there is an added value, that we highly recommend it. Uh, so who's the author of this Mishnah? We're, we'll see that we're about to quote three different opinions, Rameyer, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca. Three different opinions as to what level of obligation is there for a father to support his, uh, provide sustenance for his sons and for his daughters? Again, let's say it's above the age of five or six. In times of the Gemara, that would be above the age of where they're able, where they, after they are um, expected to work. Uh, so let's let's first uh, explain these opinions outside, and then we'll see it inside. Basically, Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda both agree. They both agree that even though there's no obligation uh, to provide sustenance for either the daughter or for the son. But there is, it's a mitzvah, it's highly recommended, it's a highly recommended mitzvah, both for Meir and for Rabbi Yehuda. Where do they disagree? They disagree as to which one there's a greater obligation. According to Rabbi there's a greater obligation for the boys because uh, they're the, those are the ones who are, are involved uh, in the rigorous study of Torah. Uh, they're involved in it, uh, they have that obligation day in and day out. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda says that no, it's, uh, it's more shameful for uh, one to support the for for the daughter to go hungry, for the girls to go hungry, and so therefore there's a stronger obligation on the daughters. Now, what's the difference? In the end, there there is no real difference. They they both agree that there's a we highly recommend supporting it's uh, providing sustenance, not an obligation, but highly recommend providing sustenance to the boys and the girls. The only difference might be in a case where let's say the father is very poor, unfortunately, and he can only support one of them, either the daughter or the son. So then in that case, it could be that. Uh, Rav Meir says support the sons, and Rabbi Huda would say support the daughters. But assuming that that's not the case, and hopefully that, that that's not uh, the normal case, uh, so then there would be no obligation, but at least uh, are highly recommended to support both. Rabbi Yochanan and Broca is of the opinion that after they reach the age of five or six, or whatever is viewed as normal for them to, to work on their own, there is no obligation, there is not, it's not highly recommended, nothing uh, for either the sons or the daughters. So the Gemara explains this as follows. Let's see this inside. Titania. We have the following Bresa. Mitzvah is of the opinion that it's highly recommended to support, the provide sustenance for the girls and most certainly for the boys because those are the ones who they need the food uh, to be able to study Torah. Rebuda Omer Mitzvah. No. Rebuda says the opposite. Mitzvah is There is a, it's highly recommended, not an obligation as well, but highly recommended uh, to provide substance for both, but most certainly to the girls, because otherwise, for them to go hungry, it's uh, shameful for them to go knocking on doors, uh, and so therefore we we would provide for both. Uh, we highly recommend providing for both, but um, uh, what makes most sense is for the girls. 
Rabbi Yochum ben Brogo Omer Chova Lozen as Habanas Lachem Mitzvah Vian Av B'chay Vian Elu Beilu Einan Izonah. Rabbi Yochum ben Brogo says no. Once they reach the age of six, they reach the age where it's normal for them to work. So then it's not even highly recommended. Nothing, nothing. So who is the author of our Mishnah? Money must be sin. Ir Meir HaAmar Banim Mitzvah. Ir Rabbi Yehuda Amar Banim Nami Mitzvah. Ir Rabbi Yochum ben Brogo Afilu Mitzvah Nami Laka. Who's the author of our Mishnah? Our Mishnah is only focusing on the girls. According to Rabbi Meir and according to Rabbi Yehuda, there should also be a mitzvah for the boys. And according to Rabbi Yochum ben Broka, there shouldn't be a mitzvah for anybody. It shouldn't be a, a high mitzvah in the sense of highly recommended. Not that it's a obligation, but it's a, it should, according to Rabbi Yochum ben Broka, even for the girls, it shouldn't be highly recommended. So, so who's it going according? According to the first two opinions, it should be highly recommended even for the boys. According to Rabbi Yochum ben Broka, even the girls, it should not be highly. It should be recommended. It's like my answer is it can fit with everybody. At the end of the day, it can fit with everybody. Mar says, "Ibay same Rabbi Meir, Ibay same Rabbi Yehuda, Ibay same Rabbi Yochum and Broka." Can fit with everybody. Ibay same, Ibay same Rabbi Meir, Vahachi Gamar, Avinu Chayim Bezonas Bito Vodin Lebino. How mitzvah Bito Ika Kavachom and Lebanon? Why the Glani Bito Hakamashulon? Dafilu Bito Chovu Hudeleka Mitzvah Ika. Contrary to Meir, really, there's no obligation on either one. We're moving on to Memtesim Beis 49b. There is no obligation on the father to 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 provide sustenance for either the the girl. Or for the boy, for either one, uh, but there is a mitzvah. It's highly recommended, and that, the reason why the, the Mishnah focuses on the girl is because you might have thought that the girl it wouldn't be highly recommended. They're not the ones who are involved in Torah. No, comes the Mishnah to tell you that even for girls, and we buy same Rabbi Yehuda can even fit with Rabbi Yehuda. The Hachi Gamar, Ha'av in Ochaim Zonas Bita, the Kol Shigin Lebino, Hamitzvah Bibino Ika, the Kav Achomer Lebanos. We'll have to get into Bito Hakamashwan Dafilu Bito Chovalaka. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that no, what's more obvious is for the girl. To provide something for the girl because we don't want her, it's shameful for her to knock uh, on doors. Uh, so you might have thought the reason why the, it's true. There's a, it's highly recommended for both boys and for girls, according to Rabbi Huda and according to the Mishnah. Why does our Mishnah only focus on girls? Uh, because you might have thought that maybe there's a complete obligation, not just a mitzvah, not just highly recommended, but a complete obligation. Comes the mitzvah, Mishnah to tell you that no, it, there's no obligation. Saying that, no, it doesn't just mean that there's no obligation, but there is, it is highly recommended. No, nothing. It means nothing. We only mentioned the obligations to contrast it to the end where it's after the husband, after the father passes away. But in the end of the day, no obligation, not highly recommended either for either, for either the boy or the girl. Again, we're talking about above the age of five or six. Okay, that is the end of that discussion about how to fit our Mishnah with either of those three opinions. Again, the first two opinions say that above the age of five or six, it's not an obligation, but it's highly recommended to provide sustenance for both the boy, one's uh, sons and daughters. According to the last opinion, it's not even highly recommended. Again, after they reach the age where they're uh, working, they're supposed to expect it to be working. So now the Gemara begins to discuss certain takanos, certain decrees that the Sanhedrin, the uh, high court established in Usha, one of the places that they went to after the, uh, after the Sanhedrin, the, the high court left, uh, was forced uh, to leave Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, they went to Usha. And one of those has to do with our topic. We'll also discuss some of the other ones. Once we're on the topic of different decrees that they made in Usha, but we'll see in the, in the next class that uh, we'll discuss the Gemara will continue to discuss different types of takanos, different types of decrees that they made in Usha. Uh, but for now, we'll focus on this one because this is, we're mentioning it because of uh, of the obligation that a father has 
to his children. Even though by the letter of the law there is no obligation to sustain, to provide sustenance for one's children, in Usha they made a decree that they should. They do have an obligation to support and provide sustenance to one's uh, children while they are children. Rashi says until they become uh, bar mitzvah, once they reach their bar mitzvah, until their bar mitzvah. Again, we're talking about in a society where it's normal to already work from the age of six. That is what they established in Usha. The big question though is, well, do we follow this or do we not follow this? In the end of the day, do we follow uh, this decree that they made in Usha? So we, we want to try to prove this. So, says the Gemara, Ta Shema, Ki also the Kamejah of Yehuda, Amalu, Ya'arid Yalda, Ve'avne Masa Shadja, Basically, we're going to have different uh, scenarios, situations where the father does not want to provide sustenance for his children, and they come in front of the rabbis, and the rabbis, what do they do? They don't, uh, we'll see, they don't say, no, you have to, this is a decree that they made in Usha, they don't say that. What do they say? They say that this is, <laughs> this is terrible what you're doing, absolutely terrible. You're, gonna, you're, you're not feeding your own children, you're going to make the community uh, provide sustenance for your own children, the obligation is on you. Uh, but they don't phrase it as you're going against the decree. That's not how they phrase it. They phrase it as you're a terrible person. Um, but in the end of the day, it sounds like we're not following this decree. But Rabbi Huda says, one example is Rabbi Huda says that uh, the jackal uh, has children um, but, doesn't, uh, but doesn't feed his children and others have to feed the children. Um, but uh, and he's cruel to his children. But even so, they, they feed a little bit of their young. So it's certainly proper for you uh, to to for the father to support his children. Another case is Kavod Sotlekamet They appear before Rav Chista. Similar story. Amar Luhu and what does say? Kfule Asisa B'Tzibura. Turn over a mortar, basically put on a raised platform, scream from the rooftops. Uh, they should uh, have the father stand up and say about him. He should say about himself, that uh, a raven wants to take care of his sons, but this person, I, the person screaming, I don't want to take care of my my own sons. Basically, make him scream this from the rooftops and uh, teach him that this is terrible, terrible that he's not that he's not uh, raising, he's not he's not providing sustenance for his children. The Gemara interjects and says, um, is it really true that uh, the raven really uh, feeds uh, its children? It says the young ravens that cry. It sounds like uh, the, the ravens are not being supported by the the, 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 the father doesn't provide sustenance. Rashi says it depends on what the, the different ages of uh, of the children of the, of the raven. At the end of the day, uh, they're basically telling him that he's a terrible person. One other case, when they went in front of Rava, uh, they basically said, is it, is it satisfactory to you that your sons are, are being sustained through charity? How could this be? Through, how, 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 how could this be that uh, you're just allowing the community to take care of this? Either way, in all three cases, the point is that they don't say, the law is the law, and Ucha, they decreed that you have to pay for this. No, that's not what they say, but they highly encourage him by telling him how cruel it is what, what he's doing. Uh, and so therefore, uh, it, it seems like we don't follow Usha to say that this is a law, but obviously we, we really, really try to encourage him uh, to provide sustenance for 
his children. Again, this is all even of the where they're of the age where they would they're expected to work, like the age of six in, in those societies. At least until the age they reach thirteen, twelve or thirteen, uh, they should still continued. Uh, we still recommend, we highly encourage the the, the father to um, to provide sustenance for his children. The Gemara now adds a few more lines here on this topic, and with this we'll conclude. He says the Gemara says, All this applies only if um, if the father is not wealthy, and therefore he has to work hard for, to provide for his children. But if he's somebody who is wealthy and he's still not providing sustenance for his children, then we force it against his will. In that case, we will force it against his will. Like a certain situation of Rava who forced Rav Nassim Bar Ami, who was very wealthy, and he forced them to give 400 dinar uh, to a charity. Basically, if they're very wealthy, so then they should certainly give it uh, to charity, and they should give it to their, they, we force it upon them uh, to give it to, to their children uh, to provide sustenance. Um, now, there's a whole big discussion. We don't have time to get into this now, but one, it is that we do coerce for mitzvahs. When do we, when do we not force it? Um, and also with regards to tzedakah specifically, when it comes to charity specifically, do we coerce all the time? Or is it only for one's children, for one's family? Uh, do we uh, do we coerce to give meiser, to give 10%? How much do they have to give? Um, how much do we force them to give? All of that is our uh, discussions that are that are discussed by the later commentators and by the poskim, the halachic deciders. Uh, but that's really the the basis for these discussions is really from our Gemara. Okay, this concludes this discussion. We'll begin a new decree, a new takana from Usha in the next class.